Rhodes' nose don't hike you.
Yeah, that's mutinyradio.fm for you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to that. And then uh, there's more uh, right now. was the best in the world plus the price was right affordable some more to use so fat they deserve the kodak and no tax so i'm saving not misbehaving that's a risk we take it we ain't talking about that we in the outback smoking till my mouth's black how's that i never fucked up a show being blown i sort of didn't get it from when i was drunk slow that liquor down boy hit this bm by marley a tribute because it was probably as fat as the ones he rolled when he strolled down the same cobblestone streets with his own Another generation, a different time zone With his mind blown, thinking of the bomb poems Blessed by the father and it gets him farther With spirituality, since it all affects the karma I use the earth for good purposes Some people are sure to this, but up in Amsterdam they nurture it And I can't forget about Christania, this kid is brainier Try to sell hard drugs there, then they're claiming your life They only deal with real shit All the bomb and hash you want, they deal it and all's well They don't even sell it for much And the cops don't really touch, cause it ain't slanging dust I'm writing this right now under the influence With impudence towards those who say I shouldn't do this Bob Marley out, at least till I'm back by the lake But I might roll one or two for old time's sake
Give us a call if you feel inclined, 
makes my head go round and round while my heart stands still if I didn't care would it be the same would my every prayer begin and end with just your name and would I be sure that this is love beyond compare would all this be true if I didn't care for you if I didn't care Honey, child, more than words can say. If I didn't care, would I feel this way? Darling, if this isn't love, then why do I thrill so much? And what is it that makes my head go Round and round, while my heart just stands still so much. If I didn't care, would it be the same? Would my every prayer begin and end with just your name? And would I be sure? that this is love beyond compare would all this be true if I didn't care for you the planners What we just listened to was actually Only the ink spots. Uh, ink spots. Sorry. Can do make all this world seem right? Only you can do make the darkness bright. Only. Your magic that you do, you're my dream come true. 
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. If you have any problems with the music we're playing, what or any recommendations even, 415-550-0511. Call us in. Love is happiness. I've had happiness. Ah, but it ended one day. Now I look at life a different way. When skies are cloudy and gray, they're only gray for a day. So wrap your troubles in dreams and dream your troubles away. Until that sunshine peeps through There's only one thing to do Wrap your troubles in dreams And dream your troubles away Castles may tumble That's fate after all Life's really funny that way No use to grumble Smile as they fall Weren't you king for a day, say? Just remember that sunshine Always follows the rain And wrap your troubles in dreams Dream your troubles away When skies are cloudy They're only gray for a day. Whistle and dream your cares away until that sunshine keeps through. There's only one thing to do. Whistle and dream your cares away Your castles may tumble That's fate after all Life's really funny that way No use to grumble Smile as they fall Weren't you king For a day, say Just remember Sunshine Always falls the rain Whistle and dream your cares away Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear At twilight time Deepening shadows gather splendor As day is done Fingers of night will soon surrender the setting sun I count the moments darling till you're here with me together 
at last at twilight light Here in the afterglow of day We keep our rendezvous beneath the blue air In the sweet and same old way I fall in love again as I did then Deep in the dark your kiss will thrill me like days of old Lighting the spark of love that fills me with dreams untold Each day I pray for evening just to be with you Together at last at twilight time In the afterglow of day We keep our rendezvous In the sweet and same way, I fall in love again as I did then. Deep in the dark, your kiss will thrill me like days of old, lighting the spark of love that fills me with dreams untold. Together, at last, at twilight time. Together, at last, at twilight time. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. FM. I'm going to be bringing you a little bit of news uh, in a couple songs, so enjoy the last couple songs, or, you know, uh, stick around and get more more informed. That's why the radio is still open. Thank you, guys. 415-550-0511. Call in if you feel like it. Those lips of yours to anyone else but me. 
again. You know you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. This is Pancake, the Syrup King, uh, in the studio, live. It's March, some odd day. It's Thursday, the 26th of March. It's uh, 6.44 p.m. Pacific Standard. And I'm gonna talk to you if you're out there. Uh, just uh, like I said, give us a call. Oh, wow. We've got, got some takers. Uh, the phone number again is 415-550-0511. Pancake in the studio. Just give us a call. 415-550-0511. I don't need to tell you that you're listening to one of the greatest radio stations on the internet. Not just because I'm here. Again, callers, you don't have to be on the air when you uh, when you call in. You can just make a request. Um, don't be shy. People are making requests left and right, so uh, call in. Tell us what you like. Everyone's keeping it nice and somber. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Mutiny Radio and SF, one of the last bastions of, oh, good thing I'm here, to continue the music playing. There we go. Uh, Live radio. They don't teach that in school. So the Bible says 
Good memory. Uh, let's p- the great pretender. Is, is that going to be in here real quick? Um, we were playing some rock. We played some Dell, the funky Homo sapien, and now he's back. This is called press rewind.
comprehensive catalog of crafts. I'm daft, I battle all like I don't have it all. Avant-garde, Battlestar Galactica, got rhymes per capita. I'm shining through the aperture, but I'm not gonna bust no caps for ya. That's another genre. I'm the black bomber, track charmer, sack burner, distract burdens. If it ain't that urgent, nerd prince, words sitting on invisible infidel, interstellar, hella clever endeavors, immeasurable with only heaven to go incredible. Melodramatic with tales from the tablet. You fail cause you average, regardless of your sales and your status, you extra baggage. I bamboozle like a mobbing in a land cruiser. Down MacArthur, artistic archer, autistic misfit. Y'all get the sickness when, when I spit the wickedness. It's such a wig like kid ignorance. Leave you headless like Icky Bob. I infuriated, tick you off, stick the pop. Hip-hop's too difficult, to me it's a cult. Lyrics lacerate and slit your throat. Beat your brain down like Piscopo or Skipping Coke. I don't know, different strokes, so respect me. Before I whip out old Betsy. Surgically remove you from my testes. Purposely improve you just to see who the best be. With soul, I'm sexy. Take a pole to know the prestige. Large lefty, I automate, animate my soul sanitation. Like I got a canvas painting, manifestations. Hey, whoever hearing this, Deltron Z be a lyricist, frontin' on your plate, false appearances. Drop you delirious, dead serious, the areas might mysterious. Hey Pete, whoever hearing this, Deltron Z be a lyricist, frontin' on your plate, false appearances. Drop you delirious, dead serious, the areas might mysterious. Yes, we are all still symptom-free in the studio. Um, but uh, as I promised, I have some information from the CDC. 
This is a rapid evolving situation and CDC will provide update uh, updated information and guidance as it becomes available. This is as of five days ago. The CDC is responding to a pandemic of respiratory disease spreading from person to person caused by a novel new coronavirus. The disease has been named, well, we know what it's called. So far, um, imported uh, cases in travelers, cases among close contacts of a known case are points of interest for the medical community. And, but we have testing. Um, we, uh, we're, we're currently testing all over the United States. Uh, let me see the numbers. Uh, 10,000 people have been tested on the 16th and the 15th of this month. Uh, it's a lot of confirms. Uh, public health labs. It's, I should have run down this. That's two seconds ago. Uh, let, let me just give it to someone who knows what they're talking about. This is We Are Change. His name's Luke. You can trust him. It's got sources. Wearechange.org. It's uh, alternative news, uh, which doesn't mean so wrong. It just means, what does it mean? It means they're outside of the normal bounds. doesn't mean they're, they're not doing their best to get honest journalism out to you. Let's not suppress journalism at this time crisis this latest sickness has essentially changed our way of life and may change it permanently but that's why in this video specifically i don't want to talk about the sickness but i want to talk about the effects of the sickness specifically i want to discuss what is essentially the end of the bill of rights and the constitution tim pichot will of course be joining us and talking about how this is essentially also the end of capitalism now of course those are very big implications that we're talking about here but the effects are also severe of everything that's happening right now and i think it's important right now to look at government in a very critical way since many times historically speaking government solutions to problems are usually sometimes worse than the problem so i think it's more important than ever to be extra vigilant right now and when you look at specifically the united states response to this sickness it's not the best, especially when you compare it to other countries like India, South Korea, Singapore, and territories like Hong Kong that have been having more of a grip on this. When you look at the ventilator companies that had to go public saying no one's called them, we're not ramping up production, we can, but we're not. When you look at mask factories saying there's FDA regulations stopping us three months from working on this. When you look at the, tra the tracing, the tracking, let's be honest here, the government has been given an absolute F um, on their 
um, handling of all of this. And I, I do believe we need to be critical of them because if you look at previous big, large government endeavors, like let's say the Iraq war that costed $2.4 trillion, almost $820 million a day for a very long time, we're looking at the amount of money, that amount of resources we spent on that pointless conflict based on wars, based on the media lying to us about it, and you're telling me we don't have enough money and resources to fight this contagion? I mean, seriously, there should be a lot of criticism. And when we see the government's response to this, it is not a response of, of dealing with this situation properly, but it's a response of government doing what they usually do, and that's taking away people's liberties and rights. That's something that the government is very effective in, as of course many states, many local jurisdictions are implementing laws that are essentially eviscerating any essential rights you have. Now, I'm not going to discuss whether they're right or wrong, but I think it's important to document them as they're happening, uh, specifically also the case of a Virginia governor that now is making the attendance of church a criminal offense. In other countries like Spain and other local jurisdictions, even here, uh, we are seeing government enforcing complete total lockdowns, even with police officers issuing very heavy penalties and fines for simply being outside or even being in your car. Yes, being in your car, which, which again, prevents the spread of this, just helps people get out there, is also a criminal offense in some jurisdictions. In Spain, those laws are enforced very heavily. The driving laws, they're a little bit perplexing. And of course, we have to understand this is what is the, pre, the, the MO of, of government. Government is perfect at not addressing the situation, but of course, taking your, your rights during a crisis where of course people are panicking and won't be questioning those large invasive measures made by local governments, police officers. Again, on a federal level, it's not as detrimental, but on a local level, we're seeing a lot of very aggressive actions um, that really should be understood by a lot of people. And of course, as all of this happening, people are told to trust the pharma industrial complex, which again has to be pointed out here. And I'm, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not trying to debate what is happening is right and wrong, but, but people should understand some of the basic facts, some of the precursors here. When you look at the pharma industrial complex and the medical industrial complex, they usually don't have the best record to say the least. And these are the institutions that we're told to trust the most now that they're going to come and save us. Institutions and multinational corporate interests like Bayer that, again, uh, knowingly also sold HIV-infected proteins in order to make a profit through their previous dealings. They also tell us to trust mega institutions like Baxter that also sent bird flu virus to European labs by error and almost created their own pandemic. And of course, also other institutions uh, within the US government have to be criticized as well, especially after incidents like the anthrax attack investigations that were officially closed after again, mysterious suicides, which all the evidence suggests that the anthrax attacks, biological chemical weapons that were sent all throughout the United States originated in a U.S. military lab facility, specifically the Fort Detricks lab facility that could have manufactured it and produced it. And 
Other states are suspending rule of laws and releasing a large number of criminals from jails since, of course, the situation in Oh, Jesus. I hate it when that happens. Don't you, fellas? You know what I mean? Uh, technical difficulties on the uh, internet, but all will be right. Uh, how's your day? Why don't you call in? So tell I think it's pretty clear that... This tell us how you're doing. 415-550-0511. I think we were about six six or seven minutes in. This is all important. You should re-listen to it over and over and over and over. Because uh, independent thought and, and media should be encouraged now. Stop, uh, stop binding all the companies together. Uh, that's too much power uh, in one region. It's called a monopoly. You ever played that game? And your dad is just whooping your ass. Uh, just, just, uh, just play a different game. Play, play something without money. No, no games with money. Cincinnati police are uh, talking about some injuries. Criminals from jails, since of course the situation in jails is also becoming an extremely bad situation where prison officials like the ones in New York are told not to wear masks. They spread the virus and devastation is ensued in the prisons, causing many prisoners to be on the streets as some jurisdictions disarm you as rule of laws are not being followed. And how can they with people, of course, becoming sick, sick being afraid of becoming sick as well. This is, of course, a recipe of disaster, uh, along with the government failing with the basic pandemic protocols, failing to uh, appropriately address what's happening right now. We are sure in for a lot of more pain, a lot of more of a crisis to ensue, which, again, the government will use to its benefit and gain more power over you because of it. And this is, in a way, what we've seen is just the essential loss of our liberty in regard to this pandemic that, again, wouldn't be as bad if it wasn't for the proper procedures that were followed, but they were not. So that's my take on just how we are essentially seeing the end of the Constitution, which I think is very important to report on without, of course, the larger context of what's happening with this larger sickness. That's my take on it. Tim, your turn, and uh, tell us how uh, capitalism is doing. Yeah, well, thanks, Luke. Well, one of the things, you're on a roll there, so I didn't want to interrupt you, but, you know, you're talking about Bayer. I mean, Bayer, they would never do anything wrong. I mean, they're only the company that was the pre their predecessor companies, IG Farben, who are, they're the ones who made the gas that killed the Jews. And then when they, uh, then when after the war, they ended up breaking up the company, I believe, into like six different companies. I think one of them was BASF. Uh, one of them was uh, Bear, and now Bear has actually. And, and so when they did that, and they didn't have any liability for what happened during World War World War Two, 
And then uh, you also, but now I'm sure now that they've merged with Monsanto, that I'm sure that everything is all good over at over at Bears. So it's like you take all these evil companies, merge them together, and now uh, you know I'm sure if Satan had a company, that would probably be pretty high up on the list. But when you, well, I think one of the important things, really the only article I want to share here, is taking a look at the planks of the Communist Manifesto because we want to talk about the end of capitalism. We want to talk about the end of the Constitution. Well, what's what is the antithesis of both of that? That's that would have to be Karl Marx and the Communist Manifesto. So if you go down and take a look at these ten planks, abolition of private property and land and application of all rents and land for public purpose. Uh, you know, check pretty much on the way for that one. A heavy progressive or graduated income tax. Check. Uh, abolition of all rights of inheritance. Well, we don't, uh, you know, completely have that, but you know, there there are things like the uh, Secure Act that was just passed actually in December, where you know any IRAs or 401ks, you have 10 years to take all of your money out, so then that way the government can get all of their their hands and all of your tax. And then you've got the estate tax that's you know right around 50%. Uh, but th- those numbers are pretty high right now. However, you know, we're moving in that direction. Confiscation of the property of all immigrants and rebels. Uh, you know, the government can pretty much seize through uh, civil asset forfeiture or eminent domain anything they want. They can take and say, hey, you've got, you know, 40 masks that you had commandeered or you had bought in advance. You know, we're the government. We need to take those. But here's the biggie for what I talk about. Centralization, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and exclusive monopoly. Sort of sounds like me to the, that, that they're talking about the Federal Reserve over there. You've got the centralization of means of communication and transportation in the hands of the state. I mean, Luke was reporting just the other day about how, you know, through Facebook Messenger apps and through all these, uh, you know, big tech companies that they want to give up, that the government wants your data so that way they can geolocate you. I mean, over in China, they're, you know, making people have different apps. And so that way they know if they're doing, uh, you know, proper social distancing. Extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state, the bringing into cultivation of wastelands and the improvement of soil, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I mean, the, the government is going ahead and, and saying things like, uh, you know, hey, we should take your company and we think that it would be better for them to make X, Y, Z. And then, oh, by the way, the Federal Reserve is coming and buying the corporate bonds, which at that point is the state-owned yeah. corporations. And the FBI is warning against supposed hoarders. So if you're hoarding any kind of medical facility, I don't know what the broad definitions are. Again, uh, you don't want anything in, in general. You don't want anything broad given to the federal authorities because they will definitely use it to the full extent. Now, obviously, if people are doing something illegal or something wrong, uh, yes, but uh, a lot of times uh, we see the laws implemented in many bastardized ways as well. Sorry, continue. Yeah, I know. And you obviously know that not all of the uh, doing something wrong and doing something illegal isn't this. I mean, at one point it was illegal to, you know, help, you know, free slaves or help. I mean, there's all sorts of things that used to be illegal at one point. Now, number eight here, equal obligation of all to work. And so we've got, you know, I mean, just look at all the social justice warrior stuff coming out of, you know, right for 15. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Nine, a combination of agriculture and manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country, by more equitable distribution of the population over the country. I mean, we see that how they're trying to get rid of, you know, they want the federal government to be in control of everything. And so, I mean, technically the sheriff, the local sheriff is, uh, you know, and, and how common law was written was supposed to be the most pop, uh, powerful person in the county. But we're seeing the federal uh, government trying to usurp that as well. And then 10, free education for all children in, in government schools. Abolition of children's factory labor in present form, combination of education with industrial production. And so, I mean, right there, I mean, basically, I mean, you could argue with some form or another, we have all 10 of those already going on right now. So you got to ask yourself, you know, how free of a country we really are. And for me, it wasn't, the, you know, Trump's slogan of make America great again. You know, I had a hat that said make America free again. So for me, 
it's America is about freedom. It's not about making it great. And what it depends what your definition of great is. Is great only the stock market? Because uh, if so, you know, I guess he was having a pretty good run there for a while. But you know, just take a look at you know all the things that go on. So in capitalism, I mean, a lot of people don't know that there was a panic of 1907. During the panic of 1907, you had the stock market rapidly decline. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I mean, it was down like 70, 80 percent in the course of uh, you know very, very short amount of time, and then immediately ramped right back up. Now, the reason you don't hear about that in the in the you know, government schools is because they let all the industry crash, and then the free market took over, and then things eventually bounced back up. And you had people like J.P. Morgan at the time, the actual J.P. Morgan, not the company, who he had to then personally backstop the system. He said, "Hey, no, this sort of sucks. That I've got to you know put my own capital at risk. You know, wouldn't it be better if there was something called the Federal Reserve." And so then you know they snuck in. Originally, it was called the Aldrich Plan. Aldrich was the senator from. I believe he was tied into, I think he was Rockefeller's father-in-law, but everybody knew that. So then they repackaged it as the Federal Reserve Act in 1911 and eventually passed December 23rd, 1913. And you take a look at what happened in 2008, and it was sort of, you know, basically the replay of, 2000, of, of the panic of 1907. However, J.P. Morgan didn't have to personally backstop it. So it's, it's capitalism on the way up. It's crony, you know, basically it's corporate welfare socialism for the banks on the way down. I mean, we get in trouble and you and I have got to pay 25% interest rates and, oh, you know, missed a payment. And, oh, boom, there's a late fee. And then we're stacking on top of, of this. And then we're going to go take your, you know, $50,000 of credit you have with us. We're going to cut it down to the 20000 of credit, which is, you know, how, what your bill is. And then there's a cascading effect of all your other credit cards and all get cut, which then further than, you know, screws your, your credit rating. And the average person, and there's probably people out there who know exactly what I'm talking about, except if you're a banker, because if you get in a little bit of trouble, you know, you get to use all of our money, leverage it up. You don't even have to help, have any of it in reserve. And then, you know, the people get absolutely screwed time and time again. And so, but unfortunately, you know, everybody wants to, you know, oh, let's go give the government more laws and more regulations. Well, who's the one in charge of all the laws and regulations? It's always the fox guarding the hen house. You've yeah. got a bunch of Goldman Sachs guys, a bunch of treasury guys, uh, you know, they them those bankers who are then in control of what the bankers do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, th there's a fine balance here because there are some idiots making the situation worse, especially the sickness that are making it worse. But I think uh, a lot of the idiocy is also spurred on by this belief that the government is there, the government is, is going to protect you, this kind of falsehood that, yeah, they're in charge, they got everything, everything's going to be cool, everything's going to be fine. And I think if we got rid of that falsehood, uh, a lot of people would be more responsible for themselves. And I think this is why we would be taking this situation more seriously, because some people are not. I'm still taking this situation seriously. It's a fine balance. Um, and, and again, to me, public outreach, informing people about how to stay clean, how to sanitize themselves, how to make a face mask, how to wear a face mask would essentially, uh, you know, uh, slow down that huge curve, uh, essentially slow down a lot of the larger infections and essentially also make a lot of more people responsible for themselves. This is what we're calling for. This is, I think, the most effective thing to combat all of this is to be truly responsible for yourself, your family, your community, and to spread out the important information that needs to be out there. The government's not taking it seriously, but we still should. Now the government is taking more aggressive measures and they're stepping in. And of course, with their stepping in, there's going to be, of course, a lot of overstepping as well, which we have to be look, look we have to look out for and call for. There's extreme situations happening right now there's a lot of extreme measures we should keep our eyes and ears open to all of them thanks tim thank you so much for joining me we're going to be talking about the unemployment numbers we're going to be talking about the federal reserve on so much more in other videos so of course stay tuned for more here on i don't know we are changed or changes news still haven't decided uh we have two channels make sure you check them out both
Thank you again so much for watching. Stay tuned for more. Thank you. We are change. Um, we need some levity now. I'm going to let you digest all that juicy information. Uh, don't don't uh, completely believe everything you hear, but don't uh, don't even believe that part. Um, come in uh, for a phone call sesh. Make a request, or uh, just tell us how you're doing. You don't have to be on the air. We don't mind. We're a little uh, distant at the moment. Call in. Oh, make some requests. I'll get it.
radioactive as a TV tar. A nuclear vision in her soul loves with the electronic control. Adam bomb, baby, atom bomb. I want her in my wigwam. She's just the way I want her to be. A million times harder than TNT. She can start one of those chain reactions in my heart. A big explosion, big and loud, mushrooms me right up on a cloud. Atom bomb, baby, little atom bomb. I want her in my wigwam. She's just the way I want her to be. A million times harder than TNT. Atom bomb, baby. When she kisses, there's no hitch. Zero power, she he turns on the switch. Atom bomb, baby, little atom bomb. I want her in my wigwam. She's just the way I want her to be. A million times harder than TNT. Atom bomb, baby, little atom bomb. I want her in my wigwam. She's just the way I want her to be. A million times harder than TNT. jamming out. Don't worry. And uh, I like the requests you're making. Uh, no shortage of input out here at the station. Keep calling in. 415-550-0511. No, I love you. Until the spirit 
first, let's bring in former Harvard Medical School professor and founder of the university's cancer and HIV-AIDS research departments, Dr. William Hazeltine. He recently returned from Wuhan, where he chaired the U.S.-China Health Summit. Doctor, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, looking at the numbers, especially in New York City, what is your concern as to where this is going, especially if businesses start to uh, be reopened by the president of the United States? Uh, this is a serious situation. We have a, an epidemic, which we still don't control. Uh, that's true in New York, and it's beginning to be true in other parts around the uh, country. It's already been true in Washington state. Uh, it's far too premature to consider reopening, not just in New York, but anywhere in the country. We need to see yeah. what's going to happen before we take measures. And I ought to say something else. If you compare what we're doing here in the United States to what China has done to control its epidemic, we are deficient, even in the most extreme case, which is New York or California. We're not doing even a fraction of what China did to control its epidemic. What should be what should we be doing, especially in New York City? And um, if you could speak directly to President Trump, what would you tell him? Uh, I think if you look at what we should be doing, and is that anybody who's been in contact with someone who is known to be infected should be put in mandatory quarantine in an isolated hotel room for up to 14 days from time of contact. That is how the Chinese uh, stopped their epidemic. Uh, I've uh, done an interview with an American who flew from Frankfurt to Shanghai. Two days later, he was told to come downstairs with his wife and for the next 11 days, they were in isolated, separate hotel rooms, not allowed to open the door. They were served with hazmat-clad uh, workers every day for their food. And uh, until they passed the 11 days with no symptoms, that's what we need to do. That is what we're not doing. Even the lockdown, the so-called lockdown, is not a lockdown. Yeah, so, Doctor, um, you, you saw what China did uh, in Wuhan to actually uh, bring the virus uh, not to a complete halt, but to certainly slow it down dramatically. Um, we're now hearing public health officials uh, expressing concerns mm -hmm. about the fact that uh, China may be celebrating too early. We all may be reading too much in to uh, how those numbers have dipped so much that once people start going back to work, chances are good that virus is going to spread anyway. What are your thoughts about that? It's definitely possible. It's possible for two reasons. One, new people can come into China. They're trying to control that or to any place. And the second is the virus. We now have a major reservoir all over the world with this virus. It's likely to come back whether it comes back quickly or comes back seasonally, uh, we've got to be prepared. I'm also pleased to say, from my years of experience in working in developing drugs against viruses like these, that this is not a difficult problem for science to tackle. We will have drugs mm. that stop this infection. We will have drugs that treat and cure those that are infected. And we will have drugs that prevent those who are exposed from being infected. We must use every tool at our disposal 
to make sure those drugs get developed quickly. The other thing I should say is I'm very worried about what I'm calling these uh, false hopes, the chloroquines, mm -hmm. the colchicine. Uh, we have no idea whether those work. We have a pretty good idea that if they work, they'll be minimally effective. We already know that. There are studies that show in some cases they have no effect. So I'm very worried about people who are touting these as cures and preventive measures, which may lead to behaviors which are dangerous, not only for the people who engage in those behaviors and take those so-called protective drugs, but the people around them as well. These are not effective in stopping infection and are minimally effective at best in treating infection. Hey, doctor, it's Jonathan Lemire. I wanted to ask you, the, the president's administration have obviously come under some criticism for not perhaps, as you suggest, being strict enough in their measures to sort of isolate uh, infected populations. But one thing they proposed this week was that anyone who's been in New York City don't have to necessarily have had contact with an infected person, but simply if you're a resident of New York City, that if you were to leave the city, you should self-quarantine for up to 14 days. Is that a wise decision? It's a very wise decision, and in fact, that's one of the things that the China did and does. If you're moving from one part of China to another, you are asked to stay in self-isolation for up to 14 days. If you have come in from outside the country and you go to Beijing, you are uh, what's called home quarantine, not even allowed to open the door to your apartment. You have to be in that apartment and have food delivered to you. Uh, so it's a very wise measure uh, to control the spread of the infection. New York is a hot spot. We know that. And we don't know who's infected and who's not infected because we're not doing widespread testing. So it's presumptive that if you've been in New York, you are possibly infected and you should self-quarantine. So for New York City being a hot spot, doctor, uh, you said that hotel rooms should be used for quarantines. That's one thing that I, I believe is not happening. And there are lots of hotels in New York City. Uh, what what other measures that have worked in other countries that are, are finding a way to, to sort of flatten the curve? What other measures are they taking that are not being taken right now? Well, what if you've been exposed uh, to someone who's infected, uh, you're required uh, in China to take your temperature two, two times a day at least and report that on an app. Everybody in China today has an app on their phone which tells them their status and which allows them, if they've been exposed, to report their temperature status on a twice-daily basis. That is an important control measure. And there are many measures like that uh, that are needed to control this epidemic. All right, we're not, we're Harvard not Medical. over by any means, and we can't see the end of it yet. We will have, the good news is, we will, there will be an end to this epidemic, whether it's a natural end and it goes away, or whether we develop the drugs that are antiviral drugs that we know we can develop. From my perspective, it's a tragedy that never needed to happen. Many of us were very clear in warning this will come back. We had it is early as 2004, 2005, a whole set of chemical compounds that we knew would be very likely to treat not only the SARS virus, but all coronaviruses. We stopped the development of those drugs. My fervent hope is that we will not stop them now. Why did we stop? Because there was not an economic model 
that pharmaceutical and biotechnology companies can use. Well, that is a perfect time for the government to step in and provide the incentives necessary. We did that, develop drugs against bioterrorist weapons. I helped develop one of those drugs. So I know those mechanisms exist. We just didn't use them to protect ourselves. What I and all of the public health officials or many public officials said will be a next epidemic. Let's hope that we don't stop the development of these drugs prematurely so we have them for the next and the next and the next wave of epidemics that are surely coming over the next 10 to 20 years. Former Harvard Medical School professor and founder of the university's cancer and HIV AIDS research departments, Dr. William Hazeltine, thank you very much thank, for being on. Thank you, doctors. Thank you, doctor. Your words were heard by the listeners, the many listeners who want me to continue to call, um, have these, have these uh, requests fulfilled. Keep calling in, guys. 415-550-0511. Those are all 10 numbers you need to make a mostly free call. And it's to a landline. So if, um, if you know what a phone tree is, you can probably rely on us to relay information to and from your loved ones. Here's some more end of the world music but stay hopeful um keep that keep that uh fire alive keep that candle burning it's an infinite candle someone's rocking my dream Someone's invading my dream. We were sailing along, so peaceful and calm. Suddenly, something went wrong. Someone's rocking my dreamboat, disturbing a beautiful dream. It's a mystery to me. This mutiny at sea, who can it be? A friendly breeze gave us the start to a paradise of our own. All at once a storm blew us apart and left me drifting alone. Someone's rocking my dreamboat. I'm captain without any crew. But with love as my guide, I'll follow the tide. I'll keep sailing till I
gave us to start to a paradise of our own. All at once a storm blew us apart and left me drifting alone. Someone's rocking my dream boat. I'm captain without any crew. But with love as my guide, I'll follow the tide. I'll keep sailing till I find you. Well, the U.S. Senate has unanimously approved what is essentially $2 trillion of economic triage for the economy. It now heads to the Democrat-controlled lower house for a vote on Friday morning. And they... Sorry, guys. Uh, I got to tell you some more newsy-type stuff. Because uh, supposedly the stimulus package was approved. Uh, here's some more inf in-depth information. Though to the very end, one sticking point had been unemployment benefits. Republicans wanted to make sure laid-off workers did not get paid more than what they earned on the job. That amendment failed. CNN's Brian Todd breaks down what's in the package for average Americans. Americans are hearing there's two trillion dollars in this rescue package that it is the largest economic stimulus measure in modern American history but of course what many of them are asking is how much money am I going to get and when am I going to get it so we have a basic breakdown for you let's start with if you're an American and you are single if your adjusted gross income is $75,000 a year or less you will get a full $1,200 check from the US government but the more you earn the less you're going to get if your income is $80,000 you'll get a check for $950. If you make $85,000, you get $700. If your income is $90,000 a year, $450. If you make $95,000, it's $200. If you make $99,000 a year or more, you get nothing. And we should point out this is all based on tax returns for the year 2019. If you haven't done those tax returns yet, they're going to base it on your 2018 tax returns. Now let's talk about married couples. Couples earning $150,000 a year or less are going to receive $2,400 from the U.S. government. Couples making $160,000 a year get $1,900. Couples earning $170,000 get a $1,400 check. Those making $180,000 get $900. Couples making $190,000 a year get $400. And couples earning $198,000 a year or more will get nothing. We also have to talk about the child credits that many people are, of course, asking about. Parents with children who are 16 years old and younger, they will get $500 for each child. But that child credit also phases out if your income is higher. For one child, a single parent who makes $109,000 a year or more will get nothing. For one child, married parents who are making $208,000 or more a year, they get nothing. Now, unemployment benefits. With this package, if you're earning, the, if you're getting those benefits, those unemployment benefits, you're going to get $600 a week or more, uh, excuse me, $600 a week more on top of what your state gives you for up to four months. 
We should also talk about so-called gig workers like Uber drivers and Amazon Flex delivery people. They are going to be eligible to apply for these benefits, uh, but it's not clear how much money uh, they are going to get. One key question is, of course, when will all this get sent out? People want it as soon as possible, of course. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and President Trump uh, have been pushing to get this money sent out by early April. That's very likely not going to happen. The best estimates that we can come up with based on previous stimulus packages is that the money will not get out at least until May. Brian Todd, CNN, Washington. CNN economics commentator and Washington Post opinion writer Catherine Rampell joins us now from New York. So I guess, Catherine, if there was one big lesson from the financial crisis was the stimulus bill that Congress passed back then just wasn't big enough. So considering this unprecedented action being taken by not just the U.S., but all other major economies around the world, is it possible to know if this will be enough? Will, will they have to do more? Will the Congress have to come back and do uh, a stimulus package, you know, again and again and again? Well, the first thing to be clear about is that usually when we talk about stimulus, right, it, it's, it's about boosting economic activity. That's not exactly what we're looking for right now at this point. This is more about more like disaster aid, it's more like survival. And I think in that sense, uh, even that it will not be enough. It is almost certain that Congress will be called upon once again to provide more relief going out the door. States are in major fiscal trouble in the months and years ahead. They're gonna need more money um, once we get this pandemic under control, assuming we do, and I believe we will at some point, then there will actually be a need to stimulate the United States economy because we're going to have to encourage people to go back outside and start engaging in economic activity again. But yeah, this, this is not the end of the story for sure. So how many times can they do this? How many times can the government just turn around and print money because eventually that piece of paper becomes meaningless. It's easier for the United States than for other countries, right? The United States has the world's reserve currency. Interest rates are still very low despite the fact that we have been running huge deficits for the past few years, even when the economy was good. There's a lot of demand for dollars, which makes it easy or cheap at the very least for the United States to borrow. There, and there, there's a rush to safe assets at this point. For other countries, it's much more difficult. They actually have to live uh, within their means, so to speak. So I think we will see other countries run into big trouble in the months or years ahead as they find that their tax revenues have fallen because of this sort of collective economic coma that everyone has gone into. And while there is additional need for services, including unemployment benefits, health care, uh, other kinds of things that the governments generally uh, supply and will not have the funds to produce. 
Uh, Nouriel Roubini, who correctly predicted the housing crash in 2008, also known as Dr. Doom, uh, is warning of a risk not just of a Great Depression, but of a greater depression. Here's part of what he wrote in The Guardian. The contraction that is now underway looks to be neither V nor U nor L-shaped, a sharp downturn followed by stagnation. Rather, it looks like an I, a vertical line representing financial markets and the real economy plummeting. And that's why he says governments need to throw everything at this and then some. And beyond that, I mean, if you look, there's not a whole lot of innovative ideas in this stimulus package, is it? It's sort of like the financial crisis, you know, from 2008, but just bigger? Well, at least here in the United States, some of what we're doing is we're, we're trying to get checks out the door. Um, meaning that regardless of who you are, regardless of whether you have actually lost work or had hours cut back, we're just trying to get money to you as quickly as possible. And we did some of that here in the United States in the um, Great Recession and in previous recessions as well. We're also beefing up unemployment insurance. Um, there are some other measures designed to help households. A lot of what's new here, though, relates to the measures to try to encourage firms to keep people on their payrolls, because that's really the challenge, right? We want to help households make sure that they can pay their rent, they can pay their mortgages, they can pay their grocery bills, etc. But if and when, um, the economy sort of reopens. We want to make sure that they have jobs to go back to. So uh, it, it's a slightly, again, it's a slightly different um, strategy that's needed for this economic crisis than those that we've seen in the past. We're not trying to encourage people workers necessarily to go out and apply for whatever job they can, which is normally how the unemployment insurance system works in the United States. We're saying we get the fact that the reason why you're not working is that there is this, you know, lockdown essentially in, in large uh, swaths of the country. We don't want you knocking on doors and applying for jobs. We're hoping that we can preserve the job that you were hopefully temporarily laid off from. So there are some different kinds of measures that are necessary for those uh, types of concerns. Uh, just very quickly, I mean, so Denmark, with that in mind, is taking a very different approach. Uh, they're paying 75% of salaries, this is the government, for workers uh, in businesses impacted by the virus. Employers are expected to continue to pay the other 25%. Workers will ultimately give up five days of paid leave. Over in France, they've delayed the deadline for tax payments. They've suspended rent and utility payments for struggling businesses. Uh, and the government says it's, ne it's necessary. Industries will be nationalized. And Ireland, just as another example, has extended sickness benefits for those who have to self-isolate. So that 14-day period will be covered by the government. There will be a, a scrapping of the six-day waiting period for payments. Uh, and the amount that they're actually paying these people has increased 
by 50%. But it's really Denmark which is receiving a lot of shout-outs for, for the approach. It's sort of unemployment benefits for those who have a job. And it means that those jobs should still be there. But this costs a lot of money in, in a three-month period. That's all they can do it for. And after that, who knows? This could, be, could go on. All we do is... Yes, there have been calls for similar types of programs here in the United States. I think it's unlikely that they would happen. There are some incentives that small businesses in particular will face, um, encouraging them to keep as many people on their payrolls as they can, but nothing nearly as generous as what we've seen in Denmark. And look, Denmark may have the right attitude here as long as they're able to afford it. Um, because what we want is we want people to be able to stay home, to not have to go to work um, unless their jobs are essential. But if they stay home, um, that there will be a job waiting for them once this thing is over. Because we're out of time, but thank you so much. Appreciate you being with us. All night.